Yes, well, I'm happy to have less minutes and, and ask questions later. But just to give you a review of where I think we are, and perhaps to take you back to this time last year, um, the Industry Framework Code became really binding by incorporating the code by reference. Uh, that was fully implemented, first of all, on the 1st of January, and then by the 1st of March uh, into the codes. Um, the uh, Pub Independent Conciliation Arbitration Service, PCAS, was set up under the umbrella of PERS. Uh, 20 panellists were enlisted in training, volunteers coming from a wide range of backgrounds, including pub companies, tenants, lessees, property values, lawyers, and even circuit judge. Um, protocols and procedures for PCAS have been agreed and put in place by the end of February, and two panel hearings have been held today in two places. Um, a three-year re-accreditation process for the company codes administered by VBAS uh, through the examination and annual compliance reports will be inaugurated on version 6 and completed uh, through uh, 2013. Um, the new pubs advisory service pass, uh, BII are very much a lead on this. Uh, they already offer a lot of advice to their members and obviously an independent service will be set up and I know Chris is here to talk about that. And discussions are ongoing with LMR, BII, the FLDA and indeed the IPC about strengthening the framework code in line with the BIS recommendations for version 6. As part of that, we will be introducing a new government structure um, to which the signatory bodies of the code will be represented. This will oversee the work of PERS, PCAS, and accreditation service PBAS. Our proposal will include an independent chairman, periodic review of the code for the governing body. PERS, PCAS, service, and PBAS will report on a regular basis to the governing body. You can review their procedures and call to account uh, on the basis of the report. Signatory bodies will include national and constitutional bodies representing either pub-owned companies or tied tenants or lessees, and company codes will be re-accredited every year, uh, sorry, every three years, starting from the, uh, 2013. And then there are changes that we are making uh, through version six um, of the code, which are, um, are which is an ongoing uh, discussion that we're having. Um, they build on some of the things that we have in version 5. So if I take some examples uh, for amusement machines, it will make clear that where um, AWP machines are tied, the income is shared, such income may not be included in rent assessment statements or visible balance, and that such income may only be shared once. And companies may not apply royalty charges to new agreements after version 6 comes into force, and such changed charges will be phased out from existing agreements. We will also be extending the provisions of version 5, which will require prospective lessees to, provide, uh, to be provided with a schedule of conditions. Um, this is an agreed description of the condition of the building, drawing attention to any specific problems and clarifying what if any remedial works required. Unless it is otherwise specified in terms of leases put, the assumption will be the requirement will be to keep or maintain the building in this condition. Um, Flow monitoring uh, equipment was raised uh, by uh, the committee with that day. Version 6 will make it clear that evidence other than that provided by flow monitoring equipment must be provided before taking enforcement action on purchasing obligations. And if I just finish by saying we hope that we will conclude the discussions that have been ongoing with ALMR and other partners, BII and FLDA, before the end of the year. And we are hoping to meet also uh, before the end of the year with IPC for a second time.
The fact is overdue balances and budgets have reduced and the number of closed pubs in our estate is below 100. And the average length of public and occupation has increased during that time to almost six years. I think these are indicators of stability. <coughs> Self-regulation in practice.
that's, that's a, a fundamental problem. What, and I feel what we've got here is, is, is the equivalent of uh, what Lord Lenzard said, uh, and that is that it's, it's people marking their own homework. That's what this code is really doing. And that's why uh, we, we want to create a situation where we don't become confused by having all of these different variations of code. It's not, it's not purely the fundamental problem that is within the industry at the moment. And we need to get that address. Because what we're, what we're looking at is equivalent to a, a mannequin in a, in a shop window being redressed again and again and again. Mannequins falling down to the end of the uh, and, and we need to get some fundamental changes. Thank you, Thanks. Thank you. Thank you, Clive. Uh, and finally, to Chris Wright. And I do apologise because I think I've got to probably introduce you at the beginning. Um, we have Chris Wright from the Fox <coughs> Advisory Service. We'd like to have you and um, the new organisation with the technical group for the first time. Uh, and just as a, a way of introduction, uh, one of the things that was announced in the self-regulatory <coughs> solution Well, they do not possess the resources to apply to the courts to redress. 
Resolution to the courts for commercial dispute operates as a mirage for most people. It is simply too expensive, and well-resourced drug companies have the ability to outspend and mitigate them out. Many tenants have examined the need device underpinning these codes and the government strategy, and it's become clear to them that the same legal advice also supports the position that tenants can make their own code and their own offer to a drug company. The tenants' code will be as legally binding as the landlord's code is on the tenant. The delivery of the high tenants framework code is being delayed as they await the outcome of the current police review and confirmation from the kicker service that they will oversee tenant code disputes. As yet, they said they will respond by about 11 and 7. I will gloss over the formation of the kicker service, but it is finally found two complaints about the public company to be valid. It then embargoed these publications. The rationale behind the secrecy caused controversy, and as it seemed nonsensical that an industry self-regulation system should conduct its affairs in secret, the supposedly independent liquor service then should agree to this raises questions about integrity. Eventually, the secrecy was conceded as being unworkable, and details were published. It is now clear exactly that when the CEO of the pub company was involved in testifying to the BISCOM that his staff were applying their code scrupulously, the truth was they were not. Which we know has been the outcome of the conclusion revenue report made by Sydney. Given the recent press on the health of the trade, new parts opening, yes, yeah, uh, and notes on the support given by Simon Townsend, um, I would like to have a good set of facts based on recent history. I strongly believe the best place for ministers to look for trade facts is not by cutting and pasting press releases, but by speaking with colleagues at HMRC, insolvency service, and local government. You will find a great deal of unpaid VAT, uh, non-domestic rates, and debt. This is all being written off by the insolvency service, and many tenants are on full tax credits. The taxpayers supporting the trial. Oh, so, yeah, sure. Thank you very much, and you've got to speak up on other points. Perhaps let's on with the question of others, Tony Perkins, um, who is also the Shadow Minister, and this is Tony As it is to reiterate point, the, the questioner will say who the question is to, and if only uh, those organisations that people can uh, answer, I'd be appreciated. And where possible, uh, if we have concise answers, because we have a lot to get through, you know, obviously allowing you to take your thoughts uh, across. Um, first question, just to bridge it, if I may, a quick one. And that's just remind, it's over a year now, it was November last year, um, we're at draft six, which I know has been seen by um, you know, most organisations, but, you know, we have to it and it's not out there in the public name. Why is it taking so long? And do you accept that there are some people who are suggesting that it's because um, you're dreading your feet and it's convenient to allow the process to do? Um, not at all. Um, I would say that we have spent many hours on this framework code. I think we, we uh, and first of all, we produced version 5. So in this year, we've already produced version 5. We then have to have time, and we have to give the pub companies time to implement our version 5 of the framework code with individual company codes. We've then been engaged with a series of five chief executives, and particularly with a group uh, comprised from LMR in particular in discussing how we can strengthen the code in the ways uh, that we put forward um, in this at the end of last year. Um, and I'm sorry it takes time, but I think it's important uh, at the end of the day that we get that right. And I'm hoping uh, that we will continue to make progress, but there are a number of queries uh, which, which remain on top. And um, I'm going to pass over now to uh, 
by an experienced trade accountant. That, that is a precondition of entering into a, into a, entering into a negotiation to take on a part. We also require them to take professional advice from experienced trade advisors, to have a trade accountant available to them to help them manage their business, and to take legal advice before signing agreements. Now, I think that the torch that has been shone on the industry over the course of the last few years has made elements, protections like that, a fundamental part of people entering into a club. And, and the, the objective here is to ensure that people do understand exactly what they're getting into, have the full range of advice available to them, and that they take full account of their advice before they make a commitment to entering into what is a commercially freely negotiated arrangement between the landlord and the tenant. I, mean, I like the words you say, but it doesn't seem to bear much relationship to the reality that people feel. I mean, you go on Facebook, you, you know, enterprise are fairly uh, significantly featured on there, and not in, in an entirely positive way, um, from people who've been through this whole process. And you know, some of those are people with a long history uh, of being landlords. Others are, are people who have gone into it for the first time. But all of them. Um, you know, don't bear much relation to what, to, to what you say there. There are an awful lot of commercial pressures on businesses without a shadow of a doubt. We do make mistakes. I'm not in any way going to suggest we are faultless. Um, and it's a little um, unfortunate for Mr. Wright to suggest that the, my chief executive claimed that we scrupulously apply our, our, our code of practice and the two previous cases prove that we don't. We do make mistakes. We try very hard to rectify those mistakes. We were found wanting in two cases that have already gone in front of PCAS. So the, the, the fact is that there are a number of challenges and a number of extreme challenges. And picking up on Bridget's point earlier, I talked about the transfer of value that has absolutely happened on a like for like basis from our company uh, to our landlords and tenants over the last few years. During that time, we know that the estimated tax rate from the average pub the average pub has increased by 19% during that time. It is not surprising, therefore, that the commercial pressures being felt by some pubs are being reflected not only in their own, their own profitability, but also in the transfer of value from us as a landlord to uh, licensing. <coughs> any information put out by any of the staff 
that have worked in that organization were intentionally, intentionally misleading. Let me tell you, I know they were. Are you telling me I'm right? Mr. Binley, you, well, will, recall, you will recall that uh, both my chief executive and I have written to you on a number of occasions asking for that information so that we can properly investigate it. Because I firmly reject that any suggestion that there was intention to mislead. How we asked for the information were sent to we, I, we have not received any information. Oh, that's a very good answer I can assure you we have not received any further information that's allowed <laughs> us to properly investigate what were, at the time, and continue to be very serious allegations. I think the very, least, the very least we can be afforded is the opportunity to address those assertions and allegations. As Mr Perkins just mentioned, you know, claims and comments that are on Facebook. If any information that would suggest that my company, and I'm sure the case, exactly the case would apply to other companies, um, were intentionally misleading, then we, have, I think, have the right to expect the opportunity... Simon, you've already received that copy, have it again. Is now significantly greater in level of detail 
and I do recall from conversations that were had with the LMR representatives and the publicans and the trade advisors who were present, was the demand for even greater levels of clarity, which I do believe will be reflected in version 6. Then let me ask what training you've given to your middle management to ensure that what you tell me is happening is actually happening at that well, we did produce a, uh, a, a, a series of information for the chairman of the select committee, Mr. Bailey, in terms no, of the training regime. Yeah. My name is Ben. No, no, the select committee, Mr. Bailey, oh, produced, just sitting behind you. We did produce um, a, a series of information which demonstrated the training activities that we've undertaken and the fact that all the new lease agreements, long-term lease agreements, and lease renewals are actually signed off by a RICS qualified um, trade expert and that we and again in version 6 it will require um, every regional manager who prepares a shadow profit and loss account <coughs> to sign and confirm that they have prepared this profit and loss account in accordance with RICS guidance. May I then move to uh, those people who know the situation to ask that Simon Clark has the situation improved, uh, has it got better? Um, I don't believe so. I think the information you just uh, passed over to Mr. Townsend there is a situation that started in only October 2011. Oh, that was um, so it was a different case, but that's a situation where a tenant has been uh, persuaded into a book, and it's not a similar story to the one that you referred to from the uh, select committee. Um, and they have sort of found themselves within a matter of less than a year um, on, on the edge of uh, bankruptcy. I think a lot of Already, uh, it's actually been closed due to the fact that uh, when it was let down, we didn't have status certificates, so it was electrical status certificates. So, nothing much changed there. I think one of the interesting points you made about rents is that uh, of the two big aspects that were mentioned earlier, one went to actually went to Perth as well, um, and as far as I remember, £80,000 a year as their rental, uh, and eventually got settled through Perth at £37,000.
given that no new entrants have been referred by new care members or pub companies like Stinkhole, I just wonder what they're being offered. Um, I mean, a year has gone by. The bus has been up and running for a few months now. Um, I don't know where they're going if they're on the entrants to the trade. What advice, independent, are they being given that was promised to in the government response? And I mean, it's noted by me that um, Mr. Townsend said that I was being unfair, even though what I said was factually correct. And the statement that you were unfair is everyone takes what it is. I think that's what tenants are asking. You know, it strikes me that um, you know this is evidence. It's fact. I haven't been one who promises Parliament about what we're going to do. And yet it's not being done. Clearly, pick a service is improved now, but lots of cases that come to me from existing tenants are just compounding that it's the same old, same old, unfortunately. Could I ask uh, Bridget Simmons how she reconciles the contribution she made about having bought a lot of the commercial nature of the agreements between tenants and uh, Pop companies and uh, <coughs> and the deliberate intention of this minister to involve all of these organisations in the process. Now, how can you say when ministers have given an edict that you should embrace all of these organisations in drawing up this new framework, and yet you say you have to plough a very Love follow because of all the commercial nature of what's I, I, I think you're misunderstanding me. What I'm saying is that some of the changes that people in this room would like to see are not possible for us to make through the remit of the Framework Code. What we are doing with the Framework Code, and we will, we have consulted with tenants organisations as we were requested to do uh, by BIS. We have had one meeting by PC, and I'm sorry if Simon is wrong, we will have an opportunity. Um, to comments, which is why he's been sent in advance before our meeting on where we are with the industry framework code. And we will take that and consider very seriously the changes that he would like us to make um, um, before uh, th uh, this, this, this is finalised. But I think I would also say that the framework code in version 6 substantially um, cements and enhances the requirements for pre-entry requirements. So there is, you have to demonstrate, you cannot go and run your pub without demonstrating that you have taken the right advice. And as, as Simon has also indicated, we will be having a, uh, a, a, shadow, a property loss account or a business plan which will be there and everyone will use the same format. So that, should, again, should make it easier for tenants and lessees to see, um, uh, to see what it is, exactly what it is uh, that they're being asked to do. And we have set up two um, of low-cost arbitration. We appreciate that it is difficult for uh, individual tenants and lessees to, to go to courts. So PERS, which is for rents, and PCAS, which is given to complain about anything else to the code. We would urge tenants and lessees um, to, to take those forward. They're not something that I sit on. Well, the code is something that's existed in version it's 5. We are enhancing. We are enhancing. A list of organisations would be AMR, and AMR are obviously part of IPC, and IPC would be the other part. And indeed, the meetings that we had was the list of the comments. And IPC have been. Have, well, FLBA and BII, yes. 
you say three bolts to them along with that?
only 200 on a free or tight option, I would suggest that the free or tight option is very much not a part of the business model in general terms. It's certainly not encouraged, and, and I, I would only draw the conclusion from that that it's generally not all that attractive in free or tight option. Can you just explain why that is, basically, why, why you basically would look like all your pubs to be tied? Well, clearly, as a very large owner of pubs, we do. Uh, we are able to secure um, very attractive terms from suppliers of, uh, of products. And clearly, that is, uh, th those are commercial terms that would not be available to individual pubs. Therefore, we can secure additional income. That's why we will undoubtedly prefer and continue to pursue a tight business model. 